Likewise, by some coincidence, an awakening mind has been born within me. In the same way, it's amazing, it's a great wonderment that the uh, precious mind of uh, the jewel-like precious mind of enlightenment has uh, grown in me. And uh, considering my own worth, my own um, capabilities, I'm <coughs> in no way, I'm in no position to develop such a powerful uh, <coughs> thought of mind of enlightenment, just as uh, it was sheer accidental that the blind person found the jewel. In the same way, through some good fortune and good, uh, you know, happy coincidence that I have uh, developed this precious mind of enlightenment. The second section of the concluding activities is generating or feeling happy for being able to help others on meditating on the joy of benefiting others and fulfilling their wishes is the second section. Now, obviously, if we develop this mind of enlightenment, so we, no one would have developed this mind in order to work for others, and as a result, one becomes the sort of source of happiness and joy for others. Hmm. <coughs> 
First, Tomjinan says about <coughs> says that it is the supreme ambrosia that overcomes the sovereignty of death. Now, bodhicitta or the mind of enlightenment is uh, the ambrosia, the elixir, the nectar, which uh, uh, you know which helps sentient, which helps sentient beings uh, overcome mortality that's, or, or uh, achieve the uh, state of immortality. That's because you know <coughs> that's because one uh, develops this mind in order to liberate and establish sentient beings in <coughs> eternal peace in, in, in eternal state of uh, brotherhood, which is the state of deathlessness. So just as if one develops mind of enlightenment and then you know struggles along the path or engages in engages persevering in the uh, path and stages, uh, then one will uh, finally uh, evolve into a Buddha. And the state of Buddhahood is a state of immortality. And uh, that's, this is how bodhicitta is an embracer which, uh, you know, which <coughs> just, uh, destroys death or which overcomes death. In the same way, uh, by establishing sentient beings in the seventh state, so one would, uh, one would have been uh, that that spring embracer for them to overcome uh, sovereignty of death or uh, all powerful death. It is the inexhaustible treasure that eliminates all poverty in the world. Uh, it's again likened to, uh, you know, the inexhaustible, uh, endless treasure which removes po different forms of poverty in the world, poverty of uh, material necessity, poverty of teachings, and so on. So it is this amount of enlightenment which, uh, no, which, uh, <coughs> which is the source, which is uh, you know, uh, the ultimate source uh, from which all the, from which the mm. things that sentient beings uh, are need of come from to them. ですもんね。ああ、どうだんだ。テレフォン。ああ。ただ、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、
only heals or cures physical illness, not mental. But then, although you have, you know, although there is uh, <coughs> um, psychiatrists and so on, but uh, but still, uh, sentient beings still remain mentally ill in that they have, or the, in that we have, the three persons constantly in our minds. Uh, it is the medicine <coughs> of the teaching, especially um, medicine of enlightenment, which uh, ultimately or finally uh, removes these three, these three diseases of the mind. So this is, um, these are the benefits or the power of the amount of enlightenment. Uh, no practice is as wholesome and as en encompassing as uh, the practice of or reflecting on or meditating on or having the mind of enlightenment it's, uh, itself. And if we you know, wholeheartedly or, or sincerely always think of others' happiness uh, and ignoring or sacrificing one's own temporary pleasures and happiness, uh, then uh, these are the benefits that accrue to one. It is the tree that shelters all beings wandering and tired on the path of conditioned existence. Um, just as uh, when uh, when a traveler uh, is exhausted and then you know, takes uh, some rest and sits in the shade provided by the tree, then the traveler is overcome uh, is able to overcome weariness and you know is uh, uh, he uh, the, the traveler regains sense of uh, vitality and some energy to, to go on. In the same way, uh, we are literally travelers in different parts of all the world's existence. That's because throughout beginningless time, or throughout infinite past, we have always traveled from one state of existence to another, mm -hmm. yet never reaching a definite abode. Uh, and thus, we have grown extremely weary on our way, and we have grown extremely tired. So it's the bodhicitta or the mind of enlightenment, uh, you know, which gives the soothing shade in order to, in, uh, for us to rest and then, you know, go ahead towards the state of enlightenment. Mm -hmm. 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 Mm -
It is this universal bridge that leads to freedom from unhappy states of, uh, states of birth. And now, it, um, Bodhicitta or the Mount of Enlightenment is likened to a bridge you know, that reduces the gap between the, the, you know, the uh, white uh, gap between the two lower realms of existence and the happy mm -hmm. realms of existence. And it's a bodhicitta which uh, uh, bridges the two uh, worlds and then um, uh, leads the suffering beings of the two lower realms onto the happy existence of uh, to the happy existence of higher realms and finally to enlightenment. In the next uh, two lines, um, there's a reference to Dibani, the two obstructions. It is these two obstructions uh, which uh, have uh, kept us, which have uh, bound us into the world existence. The first obstruction is a nyomongbejava, a delusive obstruction, and it's delusions, in, uh, in, in fact, delusions themselves. Uh, it's delusions which uh, uh, mainly prevent us from achieving the state of uh, liberation or nirvana. The second obstruction is obstructions to omniscience. And uh, as it says, it mainly, it mainly prevents uh, practitioners from achieving the state of omniscience. Uh, it is the dawning moon of the minds that dispels the torment of disturbing conceptions. Uh, Bodhicitta is likened to you know, that uh, brilliant moon which, uh, uh, which, which is a soothing effect on the tormented mind of sentient beings, tormented or uh, by delusions. Uh, it's a, uh, Bodhicitta is a soothing moon which, uh, which provides, uh, you know, soothe uh, to the scorched minds of sentient beings, not <coughs> tormented by delusions. No. Uh, Bodhicitta as the uh, moon is, uh, 
you know, that's clear and that's uh, relieving that delusion scorched the mind of sentient beings uh, as, as a reference to uh, the fact that um, a bodhicitta helps overcome the first obstruction, obstructions or delusive obstruction. And the next one, verse 32, it is the great sun that finally removes the misty ignorance of the world. So this has a reference to uh, the second obstruction of uh, obstructions to omniscience. But, <coughs> but just as the, uh, the sun, you know, when it shines, removes the, uh, darkness in the world, in the same way, Bodhicitta is like that brilliant sun which removes the dark ignorance of the world, or world mm -hmm. beings, ascension beings. Thus, Bodhicitta is like that powerful uh, sun. It's like this powerful sun which uh, removes obstructions uh, to omniscience and finally, uh, you know, finally, uh, uh, finally gives the mind the power of omniscience. Uh, now, uh, it is the point essential basra from the churning of the milk of dharma. Uh, Bodhicitta is the ultimate essence of uh, you know, all the t uh, teachings that the Buddha has given. Uh, just as if uh, we were to turn uh, a great amount of uh, a huge quantity of milk, the ultimate essence that we get from that is basra. And the same way, if one were to turn through contemplation or listening the vast teaching of the Buddha, ultimately one will realize that all those teachings boil down to the development of mind enlightenment. Therefore, Buddha Chitta is the battle of teachings. Now, uh, the third section of this uh, uh, part, uh, the concluding uh, activity, activities is uh, the joy of the joy of being able to bestow great benefits and happiness on others. <coughs> it means to mind uh, enlightenment. Now that a text says, for all those guests traveling on the path of conditioned existence who wish to experience the bounties of happiness, this will satisfy them with joy and actually place them in spring bliss. <coughs> so Navinbuji uh, says that for those who have been tapping around uh, the cycle of birth and uh, uh, death in the world existence, who wish to uh, cut through the, this uh, vicious cycle and <coughs> uh, cut through this uh, vicious cycle and experience the boundaries of uh, eternal happiness, then uh, they must do so by developing the mind of enlightenment.
After enjoying, uh, after uh, reaching that state of uh, eternal peace uh, or enlightenment, uh, then if one would like to uh, invite the guests of sentient beings to partake and to, and to enjoy, uh, you know, to enjoy uh, the bounties of uh, happiness of enlightenment, uh, then uh, it's it is done to the magic enlightenment. <coughs> so it's magic enlightenment which is, uh, <coughs> uh, you know, which is a great feast for the guests of sentient beings to enjoy temporary happiness in the happy and the three higher realms of world existence and the happiness of ultimate, excuse me, the happiness of of definite goodness of enlightenment. It's a bodhicitta which is which becomes the feast. ファイナルアーシー。そうですね。そして感謝と注意が。先日単純、これが合わせ、合わせ。先日単純。新田川チェルさん。新田川チェルさん。新田川チェルさん。新田川チェルさん。新田川チェルさん。新田川チェルさん
and insects are invited the world to be guests at the festival of temporary and ultimate delight. And therefore, it's, uh, it's um, reasonable that um, those um, reasonable that the witnesses protectors themselves and those others, those other sentient beings who are temporarily placed in happy existence of uh, humans, gods, and under God should be happy with my uh, my decision or my resolution. <coughs> and all, all <coughs> other sentient beings should also be happy with this because it's a decision that's going to affect them positively uh, you know, until the time of enlightenment because temporarily <coughs> uh, they will end there or our attempt to uh, uh, to to establish them or help them achieve a happy existence in the three low, uh, in the three higher realms and then gradually and finally establish them in the state of enlightenment and invite them <coughs> and uh, invite them to to the feast of uh, eternal peace of enlightenment. Yes. No. With this, we conclude the third chapter entitled Complete, complete <coughs> Accepting the Mandate Commandment of Bodhicitta. As always, when we have developed or when a person has developed the mind of enlightenment, which is the strong uh, mind bent on achieving the state of enlightenment to uh, work for others' well-being, and then one must, uh, uh, no, <coughs> one must train oneself in the deeds of the bodhisattvas. Uh, in this text, uh, although the text is all about the Bodhisattva deeds, or which means the practices of Bodhisattvas, and, uh, which are of many uh, six uh, in time, or six uh, types, but uh, the, the first practice of Bodhisattvas, practice of generosity, of, of uh, practice of perfection of generosity, is not ex explicitly or uh, you know, quite explicitly stated uh, anywhere in the text. Mm -hmm. The practice of uh, perfection of generosity uh, is spread all through the text. Uh, there's some section, uh, there's something about practice of uh, perfection in the last chapter, uh, chapter on profound prayers. And uh, there are some sections, uh, no, uh, pertaining to that um, spread over different chapters. Mm. <coughs> of the remaining uh, six, remaining five perfections, now uh, the text deals with perfection of uh, morality. Mm. 
Now to engage or to engage in the perfection of or practice of perfection of morality or discipline uh, based on the mind of enlightenment, then it's important for the completion for the completion of the for the thorough practice of that one must have conscientiousness uh, and introspection. Without that, uh, it's difficult to have uh, pure morality and thus difficult to achieve perfection in our morality. It's a, a conscientiousness, it's a conscientious mind uh, being uh, watchful of uh, uh, one's practice and one's activities, one's actions, whether they, uh, they conform to one's uh, practice or they go against one's practice. Mm. Mugation or introspection is a spying mind uh, to keep to keep an eye on the mind, but the mind is uh, settled on uh, on a virtuous uh, on a virtue or when the mind is distracted. Where the mind is distracted and uh, disturbed by uh, different factors of disturbance. <coughs> now um, the fourth chapter is uh, as you as you have seen the chapter of, uh, on conscientiousness or development of a conscientiousness in order to uh, guard one's morality against various weaknesses and to co uh, against corruption uh, now uh, there are <coughs> um, um, uh, there are two important sections uh, pertaining to this chapter. The first is brief explanation of uh, the term conscientiousness, and second, uh, extensive explanation and the summary of uh, this chapter. Now, the first is brief explanation or rather introduction of uh, uh, conscientiousness. Having firmly seized a waking mind in this way, a conqueror's son must never waver. Means, having firmly, uh, having firmly seized. Uh, a conqueror's son 
uh, must never waver. Now, even for a moment, uh, the Bodhisattva uh, should be just it from his mind. Always should he exert himself to never stray from this from his practice. So constantly holding or constantly uh or constantly uh, having or as it's constantly seizing the mind of enlightenment uh, in one's uh, you know, mind stream, never, you know, uh, never wavering, wavering from this mind, but, uh, such a bodhisattva should now apply himself or herself to the deeds, which, which are, in other words, the practices of a bodhisattvas. Mm-hmm. Especially when we take on uh, what what is called Bodhisattva vows, then because one has vowed to engage in the enlightening practices of Bodhisattvas, so it would be <coughs> uh, detrimental to go against such a, um, a vows. Um, what Therefore, once you have, or one has taken the Bodhisattva vows, the most important thing then is to safeguard the vows. For if we were to uh, throw the vows to the winds, or uh, you know, go uh, against the or transgress the uh, transgress the vows, then it's extremely uh, the consequences are extremely great. Now the extensive explanation has two um, sections with um, uh, meditating on conscientiousness with respect to uh, Bodhicitta and meditating on uh, conscientiousness with respect to precepts of the mind of enlightenment. First, with respect to the amount of enlightenment itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the case of reckless actions or of deeds not well considered, mm-hmm. Any action that I have uh, done, I have performed without uh, without seeing the propriety of that action. All those actions which I have uh, done, performed, after consideration, but not uh, uh, not after thorough consideration. Mm-hmm. No. Oh, yeah. 
it says, verse three. But how can I ever withdraw from that what has been, from what has been examined by the great wisdom of the Buddhas and with their sons, and even many times my, by myself? Be, besides, uh, how can I withdraw from the practice of six perfections based on the mind of enlightenment? Because the worth of the mind of enlightenment and the worth of the practice of the six perfections, the deeds of bodhisattvas, the, their, the propriety and their worth have always been examined by more intelligent minds than myself, than the mind of myself, the, the mind of Buddhists and bodhisattvas. Besides, I have, I'm supposed to have examined the possibilities myself, and I have concluded that I would be, or I could be able to do the practices. Therefore, it's now not the time to withdraw, but you know, go on with the practice of the six perfections. Um, that's the <coughs> uh, one. By this time, one is already, uh, you know, implementing the amount of enlightenment through the practice of the six perfections. Uh, whenever one is faced, one faces difficulties. One should not be let down by those difficulties and read, so and then try to reconsider whether or not one should <coughs> implement the amount of enlightenment. Uh, um, and try to, you know, withdraw from the practice of the six perfections. <coughs> and now, uh, if one were to go against the precepts of our Bodhicitta, our numbness, the consequence is extremely severe and grave, and that consequence, the consequence because one will meet a happy, excuse me, mm. um, a miserable river in the two mm. now lands. Mm. <coughs> uh, verse 4 If having made such a promise I do not put it into action then by deceiving every living being what kind of rebirth shall I take? And this is a situation where you know the practitioner has uh, has difficulty with the different dates of Bodhisattva or, or implementing what the, uh, the amount of enlightenment and now has started uh, reconsidering what the not the practitioner should go on, and now has unfortunately come to next. Now, if that happens, that one would have, uh, you know, one would have deceived all the Buddhists and Bodhisattvas, <coughs> and one also would have uh, left sentient beings in the lurch, and thus, you know, uh, in despair. And therefore, the consequence of deceiving <coughs> the vast number of Buddhists and Bodhisattvas, and thus, you know, uh, going against uh, one's vow uh, that one has said before these suffering beings, 
is extremely severe. So what kind of uh, rebirth uh, can I expect? And uh, <coughs> apart from the rebirth in the two lower realms, there's no hope in the higher realms. Uh, what kind of rebirth shall I take? Uh, what kind of rebirth shall I uh, take after such a deception I've uh, given or after such uh, deceit? And uh, all I can expect nothing.